Thank you, Joseph. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be stood before you, bringing God's word this morning. Just a little heads up reminder, we are in the middle of a teaching series we're calling Family on a Mission. And we are the family, and God has given us the mission. Amen. It's to reach the lost, the least, and the last. It's to reach out to those who do not yet know who Jesus Christ is, who don't understand what it means to sing about the goodness of God. It's to reach out to those who think that God is not interested in them and for us to say, he loves you, he made you, he's rescued you. And he wants you to know him in the way he knows you. That is our mission. Are you on board with that? Amen. Thank you, Jason. It's good to have you back. We've missed you. The place has been really quiet without you. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, keep on going. Um, those of you who know me may know that I, uh, I love food. I absolutely love food. I'm a foodie. I love to cook. I love to read cookery books. I'll, I'll, sit, I'll literally sit and read a cookery book. Um, I love to watch cookery programs. My dear friend Rob thinks I'm absolutely bonkers, thinks there's something wrong with me for liking these things, but it's true, Rob. I just That's the way I'm made. Food also has a special place in the Bible. For much of the Bible, there are rules about which foods were and weren't okay for God's people to eat. I've got to tell you, one of the things I am most grateful to Jesus for, apart from my own salvation, is that he declared all foods good to eat. Which means bacon is okay. Bacon is on the menu. If we were still loving living under the Old Testament laws, there would be no bacon. I am certain there is lots of bacon in the kingdom of God because everybody knows bacon makes everything better. Long live bacon. Okay, it's not a sermon about bacon, but I just uh, wanted to get it in. I'm in a little group chat and uh, from some people in church and Somebody made a comment about bacon in it and me. I said, have you seen my, have you seen my script for tomorrow? <laughs> um, this is a talk about the importance of meals to God's people. And I want to talk to you about one meal in particular. It's the meal. It's communion. It's a meal that we share together. Usually in this church, it's every two weeks, although we happen to have communion last week. It's a simple meal of bread and wine which has the deepest, most significant importance. Throughout the history of God's people, food plays a really significant role, not just because our bodies need food to survive, but because of the symbolism and the meaning of some of the meals in the Bible. Food was used as a sacrifice. Somehow the giving up of food by not eating it was a demonstration of loyalty and honor to God. Food appears in dreams. You may be familiar with Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. You'll read about it in Genesis or you can find it on YouTube. That Joseph had a dream and he was involved with a baker who baked bread, a butler and cups of wine. Pharaoh himself saw cows and sheaves of corn in this dream. 
Food appears in miracles throughout the Bible. Food appeared every night when Moses was leading the people through the desert to the promised land. Food was also used to remember. And no meal was more important to the Jewish people than the Passover meal. Jewish families took part in a Passover meal. It was special. It was sacred. We might even say it was holy. It was used to remember and to connect to others and to connect with God. Jesus celebrated the Passover meal. That's what our reading was about. He began by making arrangements with his disciples for the Passover meal. The Passover meal was based on the Passover, the night when God brought terrible judgment on those who had imprisoned his people. He passed over his people, which led to them being set free. Moses led them through the desert towards the promised land. You can read about it in Exodus. It's brilliant. This Passover, this night when God passed over his people, was so significant, so special, so precious, it was celebrated every year as a festival. And it's still celebrated by Jewish people now. This picture demonstrates some of the elements of a Passover meal. It's a carefully planned meal. It has precise ingredients and dishes. It has specially chosen words. There is participation in the meal from key people. This was used to remember what God did so long ago. But the meal goes beyond celebration. It's not just a party, although it's, it's that as well. It's a meal that crosses space and time. Doesn't that sound interesting? Sounds a bit science fiction-y to me. A meal that crosses space and time. A meal that connects the past to the present and to the future. A meal that says it's not just us celebrating this meal. We're also celebrating it with those who have been before and those who will come after. It's not just us. We're not just us. We're them as well. It's a meal that says, this is who we are, this is who we were, and this is who we will be. It's profound. This is who we are, this is who we were, this is who we will be. In a moment, I want to take our understanding of the Passover meal and explain how Jesus changed the meaning of it into what we now call communion. But first of all, I want to give us an example of another meal to help us better understand this past, present, future idea. So I've got a few people that are going to help me. Uh, Houston and Katie, maybe you could get the the table up. Uh, Rob, please, would you? Actually, could you give a hand with the table? Do I get this? Can I have this one back or not? Try it. Okay, we'll give it a go. So the community, yeah, I'll leave this up here just in case. Okay, so... Oh, is that microphone on? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes. All right. doesn't feel as clear as the last one, does it? So we've got a few props to come on up here. So, uh, yeah, about there. And then we need some chairs, I think. I'll probably come forward a little bit. 
So this is a, we're going to do a meal up here that's a little bit familiar to you. Uh, so I need five chairs up here. Good, up here. Houston knows how they go. There we go. So another one around here, please. Okay, I'm one up over here with me, Brooke. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's probably okay. All right, now I need, uh, I need four people to come up here and be guests at the table. Jason, off you go. Go and take a seat. Not the middle one, please. Uh, Rachel, do you want to come on up? Uh, who would like to come up? Who, uh, you... <laughs> right, come on, Mark. You, you, come on, you. Come on up. Up you go. Go and take a seat at the table. Not the middle seat. And then I want, how many have we got? We've got two boys. Uh, okay, let's get another girl up there. Ah, f- Fiona, do you want to come on up? Come on up, Fiona. Go and sit over there. Okay, so we've got our table and our meal. Mark and Fiona, do you want to come on this side? So we need a guest of honor. So I've already made an arrangement that Sid is going to be our guest of honor. Come on, Sid, on up you come. We can give her a big clap, big round of applause. Okay, yeah, you just want to let Sid in. She's going to sit in the middle there because she's the guest of honor at our meal. So we need a few props uh, I think for our meal, let me just see what have we got. We need some props, so uh, let's um, let's put a hat on, okay? So let's put some hats on. Uh, you, yeah, you have. Do you want the pink one? There you go. So we're gonna put a hat on. Uh, maybe I should put one on as well, actually. Now, there we go. Put your hat on. Um, we'll need some. Uh, we need some party poppers. Um, okay, where have we got? What else do we... I need to look up my notes here and just remind myself of what we need. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, all right. So, uh, we probably need a couple of other things. We need a little present. Okay, and a, and a card. And then we need one other thing, please. Let's just have that out. Um, and then we'll have a little think about what this meal is. Uh, here it comes. There we go. There we are. Good. Well done, Katie. That's quite impressive. There we go. Good. Not yet, not yet. Just wait, just wait. So uh, what kind of meal is this? Birthday party. Any ideas why it's a birthday party meal? Sid, when was your birthday? Yesterday. So it's a birthday party meal. Let's have a little think about our birthday party meal, all right? We'll keep those candles going for as long as we can. Uh, should we do some streamers? Yeah? Okay. What, do we, what might we say at a birthday party? Hip hip. Hip hip. Hip hip. Yeah. There's another phrase we sometimes, you sometimes write it in a birthday card. Many happy, many happy returns. You'd say that at a birthday. Sid, I remember when we first met and you were still at another church and you were like this little baby Christian and now you are a youth missional pastor. You've got such an important role in this church. You look after amazing young people. You teach them about Jesus and you're heading out there to reach loads of kids who don't yet know how loved they are by Jesus. You're our chaplain in Stockton Riverside College. You're amazing. Isn't she? 
Isn't she amazing? Okay, Sid is wonderful. We love her, right? Let me just... How ridiculous is this? That we're all... We've got stupid hats on. We've just sang a song. We all know the words to it. There's a saying that we only ever say at a birthday, many happy... What does that mean? Can you imagine what would happen if maybe an alien or somebody from a completely... Imagine like somebody from the Amazon rainforest who had never, ever seen... Imagine if they... Not yet. We're not yet. We'll do that in a minute. Are we, have we got another minute? Okay, okay. Let's just try one way. Imagine if they came to this and we had to try and explain what this was. Do you, I mean, have you thought about this? I mean, here's... This is maybe how the conversation could go. Um, let's just, it might, it might go something like this. You know, oh, let's keep going, try and go. Why are you doing this? Well, it, it's her birthday. You mean she's just been born? Well, no, she was born 25 years ago. Well, well what's so special about that? Well, we do, this, we do this every year. What's a year? Well, it's 365 days. Why are you giving her things? Why have you given her a present? Well, because it's her birthday. Why do you give people things on their birthday? Well, I guess because we always do. I suppose it's because it's, she's special. It's a way of saying she's special. Well, isn't everybody special? Well, yes, but on your birthday, you're extra special. So why are you wearing funny hats? Are they special as well? Well, yeah, I suppose they make it special in a, in a different kind of day. Why are you setting fire to a cake? Look, shut up and eat some cake, right? Blow the candles out, Sid. There you go. <laughs> when we have a birthday party, when we have a birthday meal, we are connecting the past to the present and to the future. We're remembering a wonderful event that happened. Sid was born. And we want to celebrate that and recognize that. We're also thinking about now. We've had a load of fun. We've got a cake. We're looking forward to eating the cake. We're popping streamers there, fun. We're wearing fashionable hats. Jason, I've just spotted the jaunty angle with which your hat is on. Admittedly, no one's done the unicorn yet, though, have they? Um, but also, that, you know that phrase, many happy returns? If I've understood that correctly, it means, I hope we get to do this again. I hope you've got loads of these to come. We're connecting the past, she was born, to the present, she's amazing, to the future. I hope you have loads more of these. One of our birthday parties is special. One of our staff team was saying just the other day how at a birthday party where there had been some happiness before it, the birthday party itself was able to change things. And the act of being together created something new that was to come. It was going to be better than before. In fact, all human societies have developed meaning, a way of meaning things by doing things. And very often it involves food, and you will get to eat that cake later. Why don't we say thank you to our guests? You can all leave the table. Um, yeah, if you could, uh, folks, if you could just come and help me, Houston. We do need to get some of this stuff off. Table's going to stay. Chairs come down, please. That would be great. Cake probably needs to go. Sid, that is a real present, not a prop. The cake can go, yeah. Somebody take the cake and go and, go and deal with the cake. Go and, Go and remove all of the wax from the cake. There you go. Don't worry. Yeah, stuff on the platform's okay. That's all right. Okay. Uh, 
Rob, okay. Yeah, just if you get the other side of that, Brooke, and we'll just we'll move this into position. Now forward, it's going to come up here. That's it. Up there. There we go. Good. All right. I hadn't realised quite how much mess that would make. Right. Bear with me a second, because I just need to do a little bit of work here, ready for what is to come. We're going to have communion. I said we were going to think about the Passover meal. We were going to think about another meal that's really familiar to us. And now let's talk a little bit about communion. What does communion mean? Why do we do communion? So we have a special table. Actually, it's just an ordinary table. But we do something really special on it. Put a tablecloth on it to make it special. Doesn't that immediately make it look nicer? Oh, well done, thank you. <laughs> on Christmas Day, I, d- I never take the hat off. I go out for a walk and I've got the hat on. Wake up on Boxing Day. <laughs> I'm really grateful that you did that. <laughs> we have a special table. We do special things on it. We use special crockery, special tableware. So we have these very special cups. By the way, if ever you see us sniffing it, it's because we're just making sure we're putting the wine on the correct side. It's, it's, it's not some sort of symbolic act. It's just to make sure that people don't pick up alcoholic wine instead of non-alcoholic wine. We set this table in a special way. Some of it's practical. And some of it helps us connect with the past. Aren't these fancy cups? These cups are somewhere like 300 years old, these ones. These ones, not so much. These are, they look fancier, but they're actually much newer. These plates are really old. We sort of put our best out. We're about to meet with Jesus. If, if you've got, I don't know what your life, home is like. Sometimes you have really good crockery and sometimes you have everyday crockery. And on a special meal, you get the really good stuff out. Well, we have this. It's a little bit mishmash. It's a little higgledy-piggledy. And actually, we've only got two really special plates. So we didn't have any others. So we just used like little dinner plates. That doesn't mean that we don't care. It doesn't mean that what we're about to do isn't special, but it does say something about who we are. This is sort of who we are. In fact, we've ordered a new communion set. I just need it picked up. It's across Manchester way. If somebody's going across there, let me know. I'm going to take us through the communion prayer that we normally pray. And I'm going to pause as we go and explain what it is that's going on and why it is that it's happening. I hope I'll answer a few questions as we go, but it may be you've got other questions, and I'd love you to write them down. Come and talk to me afterwards. I'm really happy to talk to you about what's going on here. Let me just do a couple of very short practical things first. Um, This will probably take about 10 minutes or so for me to go through this. As we start to receive communion, parents, that's your time to go and collect your children and then come and receive as a family. So it's like the other way around from how we normally do it. Go, collect your children, come and receive as a, as a family. All right? And we'll just wait here until you've returned. The other thing, it's a very practical thing. It's totally safe to drink from a common cup. 
I know some people get a little bit icky about it and they think, ooh, I've been 20 people drank out of that cup. And I understand how you might feel about it. It's gone on for centuries, literally, it's gone on for thousands of years. It really is okay. There's been medical studies. It's okay. As long as we wipe the, li- the rim, and you'll see us all do that, it's really safe. But it's just good practice. If you've got a cough or a cold, don't take the wine. Just take the bread. It's totally fine. It's just as much communion if you just take the bread. It's not like you've got half the amount of Jesus, so you've only met with him like half as much. It really is totally fine just to take the bread. We call that receiving in one kind. So what about the bread? Why do we use this bread? Somebody asked me the other day. They were used to a different kind of bread. They come from a church where they use little round wafers. And here we are using tortillas from Aldi. It's bread, isn't it? It's... It's bread. It's a flat bread. It's an unleavened bread. It means it hasn't risen. And it just seems to me that if we're going to in some way reenact what Jesus did, well, here's something we can do that's very similar to what he would have had. It might be actually a little bit more like a naan bread that he had. And uh, naan breads are great. We should have those one day. Yeah, great. That's an agreement. Yeah, let's. <laughs> okay, maybe next time I do it, I'll try and bring a naan bread in. Okay. Let's do this communion prayer together. I'm going to keep pausing to explain, and I hope it isn't too disruptive. But you know how this works. If you're a visitor here today, just a reminder, you say the words in the bold type, and I say the other words. The Lord is here. The Spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. We're beginning this meal together by making some statements about who is present. God is present. He's here by his spirit. Do you agree? Amen. And then we're saying what we're going to do about that. We're going to lift our hearts to the Lord. It's the right thing to do. We're part of the Church of England. This is a Church of England church, sometimes used the word Anglican. And the person who stands at this table to do communion in the Church of England has to be ordained as a priest. And in this church, that's just Emily and I, which is one of the reasons you only ever see Emily or or I stood at, at this table. And there's a few reasons why that's the case. Really happy to talk to you about them. But maybe I could just say it's a way of bringing order to this meal. It's a way of making sure that what happens is done in the right way. Let's carry on with the prayer. Next slide, please. Almighty God, good Father to us all, your face is turned towards your world. In love, you gave us Jesus, your Son, to rescue us from sin and death. In this prayer, we're going to be reminding God of some of his promises seems like a strange thing to do to remind God but actually it's what the psalm writers did you read it a lot in the psalms God I'm reminding you about this and we're declaring to all of creation who God is and all that he has done for us this communion meal is rooted in the gospel message that we cannot save ourselves only Jesus can do that And he has. 
Your word goes out to call us home to the city where angels sing your praise. We join with them in heaven's song saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I've said a few times, this meal today is not bound by space and time. Think about the Passover meal. Think about the birthday meal. It connects our past to our present to our future. This is who we are. This is who we were. This is where we're going. In this meal, we look ahead to a time when we will be for all eternity in the presence of Jesus, worshiping him forever. The words that we've just said come from Revelation chapter 4, where all of heaven is perpetually praising God, saying those words, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Let's move on with a prayer. Father of all, we give you thanks for every gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your light. With signs of faith and words of hope, he touched untouchables with love and he washed the guilty clean. The Passover meal tells the story of God saving and rescuing, passing over his people. At a birthday party, I just did it. I told a story about Sid. We tell stories about the person. We might not always do it in a planned way. We might not always do it with words. We might look at pictures. We might embarrass the birthday person with a loving story. Next slide, please. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. These words are based on an old hymn called Blessed Assurance, which has the lyrics, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. The reason we use it is to remind ourselves about why we're doing it. Although I say most of the words of this prayer, it's a prayer said on all of our behalf. This is a way for all of us to participate in what's going on. Next slide, please. The crowds came out to see your son, yet at the end, they turned on him. On the night he was betrayed, he came to the table with his friends to celebrate the freedom of your people. We carry on the Jesus story. The key elements that relate to this most incredible meal that we're about to eat. The events that lead up to the Last Supper, which we're reenacting here today. We say together, this is his story, this is our song. Hosanna in the highest. We move to this table that Jesus sat around with his closest friends on the night before he died. We're describing what he did, the significance of it, but we miss out 
on some of the significance because we're not Jewish. When his friends gathered around that table, Jesus took some familiar words and radically altered them. Jesus brought the future into now. Jesus blessed you, Father, for the food. He took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it and said, this is my body given for you all. Jesus then gave thanks for the wine. He took the cup, he gave it and said, this is my blood shed for you all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. He took bread and cup, his body and his blood, death and remembering. Jesus is pointing to what will happen the following day, his death. And now we are being drawn into this account of what is happening. We're not just watching, we're part of this story. The words change. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. It means praise God. Save us. Praise God. Here comes the most incredible, life-changing part of this whole celebration. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we celebrate the cross on which he died to set us free. Defying death, he rose again and is alive with you to plead for us and all the world. Do you hear the significance of those words? We don't need to earn Jesus' favor. We don't need to demonstrate our love for him before he shows us the love that he has for us. Jesus has done it all. We've been set free. Jesus is alive. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Father, would you send your spirit on us now that by these gifts we may feed on Jesus with opened eyes and hearts on fire. Jesus is in us and we are in Jesus. By his Holy Spirit, through eating and drinking bread and wine, we meet with Jesus in a special way. I could spend ages telling you the academic and theological arguments and positions for what is happening at this communion table. Is Jesus in the bread and wine? Does it stay just as bread and wine? Does it become something different? But the description that makes the most sense to me is it's a mystery, it's special. We meet Jesus through it. Jesus said we should do it. I want to do it. This meal unites us with each other. Every single one of us. It unites us with each other. And it unites us with everyone else in the world who is a follower of Jesus. We're not just us, we're them as well. It unites us across time, the past, the present, and the future. This is who we are. This is who we were. This is who we will be. 
It's a meal that points to a heavenly banquet to which we are all invited to spend an eternity in the presence of Jesus. In other religions, the people need to set the table for their gods. Jesus sets the table for us and invites us to join him. There is an invitation for all of us to a banquet in heaven. But if you are familiar with this church, you also know that we invite those who are baptized and who love Jesus to receive this meal. Sounds like we're excluding some people. But the reason we say that is because the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, be careful, this meal is so special, so important, so precious. Just be careful how you take it. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 11. I think he's basically saying, we should only really take this if we recognize who Jesus is. And the way that we describe that in this church and in other churches is if you're baptized you get to come to the family meal. If you're not baptized, you're not yet part of the family. We still love you being here. You're still part of the SPC family. And we'd love to lead you to baptism so that you can come and join us at this table. And then the other criteria is, do you love Jesus? You may have been baptized years ago and actually you don't care. I'm not certain that this would be a safe place to come to this meal. Do you love Jesus? Is your heart on fire for him? That's the criteria. Are you baptized and you love Jesus? Please come and eat. But even if you aren't, we want you still to come. Come forward. Put your hands by your side or behind your back. The person with the bread wants to pray God's blessing on you, that your heart would be set on fire, that you would know who Jesus is, that your life would be changed. Let's return to the communion prayer. May we... And all who share in this food offer ourselves to live for you, to be welcomed at your feast in heaven where all creation worships you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessing and honor and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Jesus taught us a prayer. Let's say it together in whatever language and whatever version comes most naturally to you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We've got some final words before we come and receive together. They're words that declare our unity with each other, our unity with the whole church across time and space, and our unity with Jesus. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. So come. Not because you must, but because you can. Because you are invited. Jesus has prepared a table for you. Come so that you can be sent to share the love of Jesus in all the world. 
come. We're going to do communion in the usual way. Those of you who are helping, come on up and receive the elements. Four stations, two at the front, two in the middle. This side of the church is alcoholic wine. This side of the church is non-alcoholic wine. Parents, please go and collect your children and come and receive together as a family.